Today's show is brought to you by Real Life Baby. Real Life Baby is a fabulous online resource where you will find a variety of tips on baby and toddler well-being in addition to the most thoughtfully sourced baby gear eco shop. Real Life Baby is a great resource for parents looking to surround their little ones with the safest, most nurturing materials available. I'm personally a big fan of the humanely sourced wool products. You can explore the Real Life Baby shop by heading to their website at reallifebabyecoshop.com. And for a short period of time, you can even get 10% discount by using the code CRICKET10, all one word. That's C-R-I-C-K-E-T-10. That's reallifebabyecoshop.com, discount code inspired after my own little bun in the oven, CRICKET10. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm really excited to bring you today's interview. We are talking with Angela Mavridis of Trevali Foods, and she is just such a bright, bubbly, inspiring person who has created a tremendous product. And when I first heard about this product, I was so excited. I could not wait to try it. My friend Diane Filippo originally told me about it. She leads the this movement, Trevali Foods. Their first food products that they've come out with are these frozen burger patties. We're going to tell you all about them, why she created them, what, what thoughtful sourcing has gone into the ingredients, um, how easy they are to make from home, all these wonderful things. But as a nutrition consultant, as a person who's lived this cleaner, trying to just fuel my body with the best kinds of foods lifestyle for so long, there has been such a need for really clean, really easy to use, accessible proteins made responsibly. And I'm so thrilled to introduce you today to a lady who is accomplishing that and she's doing it so well. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Well, I gave a very brief introduction. You know yourself better, so would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself, and then and then we'll jump into maybe some of the story of what initially inspired you to create Trivali. Yeah, sure. So um, um, my journey into health and nutrition was one that I call from paleo to confusion and then back again, and that's because Um, I was born in Greece and lived there until I was about six and then subsequently spent every single summer um, until I was, you know, well into my teens um, with grandma just, you know, eating wholesome, real food off the land and the sea. And we lived at this um, beach house right by the water, right by a fishing village. And every summer, and I would spend literally three summers out of the year, Um, every summer, I just felt like the food I was eating, um, just made my body thrive in such a, in such a nice way. And it could have been also the great vitamin D from the sun exposure or the six hours of swimming in the ocean, but I have to believe it had to do with food too. Um, and ironically back in the States here, dad owned and operated a hamburger fast food restaurant. So even though we cooked healthfully at home, and mom was a wonderful Mediterranean um, cook, we did have hamburgers, fries, and a shake more often than not. Um, and at the age of 15, I, I had this sort of quest for the healthiest way to eat, so I decided to become a vegetarian. And if you know anything about a Greek household, not eating meat is 
is almost like a taboo. I mean, they thought I joined a cult. It was horrible. <laughs> they couldn't understand why I would not want lamb or Greek pork or all these wonderful foods that, that I thrived on, you know, when I would go and visit Greece. But something about just here back in the States at such a young age, I thought this isn't the way I want to eat. I really want to clean up my plate. And so for the next 30 years, I, um, I, you know, dove into fitness. I ran a couple marathons. I was a cyclist. I was a weightlifter. I did CrossFit. Um, and the whole time I was fueling my body with not just protein powders, protein supplements, protein bars, protein shakes. I mean, anything to, you know, make sure I was getting adequate protein. And back then, you know, I was of the philosophy and the thought that, oh gosh, after I lift, I've got a you know, supplement with protein or my muscles are going to atrophy. So I was always making sure to get the amount of protein needed for whatever fitness goal I had or whatever you know, athletic endeavor I was doing. Um, and I would always go to the market and buy those wonderful veggie patties, which I'm sure you've seen. You know, They come in so many different combinations and they're made from so many different um, types of lentils or grains or quinoa or black beans or mushroom and they have so many flavors I remember you know they were unlimited from southwest to habanero to barbecue all these great patties and those are my nice source of just a quick um, way to cook up some protein when I wanted to assemble a salad or make a quick meal you know I'm, I'm single I was in college I was just always fast 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 paced so those were my quick go-to and um, Cassie, that worked for a while, I mean, for a long while, mm -hmm. until it just didn't anymore. After a while, and I was very in tune to my body, like understanding what my body needed and what I felt I thrived on. Uh -huh. And, you know, I always think of if I knew then what I know now as a nutritionist, um, I would have been so much better off. But I think, you know, as all people back in the 80s and 90s, I got subjected to the low fat craze and really didn't care about what was in the ingredients. I mean, if these patties were made with soy isolate or maltodextrin or vegetable seed oils, it didn't even matter to me. I, I didn't even know to look at the ingredient list, quite frankly. So, um, you know, now, uh, I tell clients even to look at the back of a label and study the ingredient list. Make sure you're able to identify what goes into your food. Um, look at the carb content. Look at the sugar. I mean, back then we were all about uh, low sugar and how many calories were um, were on a pack. That was about it. Yeah. So you know the education process took a while, but I feel like I've come full circle to realize what what is important and not just the food you eat, but also on how it makes you feel. So. Um, I, about four years ago, I studied nutrition and became a holistic nutritionist. And I dove deep into the science of how humanely raised, highly sourced, nutrient-dense animal proteins can have a profound impact on the way you feel and the way you perform. So I tried my first grass-fed and finished beef about two years ago. And I have to tell you, my family was just you know, in awe, they thought, oh my gosh, you probably don't even have the digestive enzymes <laughs> to consume this and digest it. So they were all sort of standing by to see what was going to happen. But I loved it. And I felt like not only did I love it, but it made me feel good in a different way. So I thought, okay, I've, I really have to give this a try. I mean, I haven't looked back since. I almost feel like all the meat I'm eating now, I'm making up for 30 years of sustaining from <laughs> meat. But I feel like if you source it, 
um, from high quality and you know its source and you can trust the source and know that it's humanely raised and sustainable, um, having clean animal proteins as a part of your diet can really do wonders. So that's, you know, and I, I've sort of come first full circle back to a more ancestral paleo, if you will, way of eating where my plate really does consist of real ingredients, um, wholesome ingredients from, from trustworthy, you know, sources. So that's, that's wonderful. Kind of, yeah. I came full circle. Yeah. Back to your roots. I love it. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I'm springing this question on you, but where did the name Tribali come from? Sure. So I, I feel it's funny. I went to the paleo facts conference about two years ago and I've been to everyone, every single one since. And everybody was talking about a tribe. And I thought, you know, this is the way I eat. And when I went to the paleo conference, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many more people that eat this way. I'm not alone. There's more people out there. And they called, you know, the tribe and come join the tribe. And I just, I love that, you know, and I feel that every time you change anything in your life, you need a teaching, you need a teacher, and you need a tribe. You need a community of people that are like-minded, um, that think the way you do, that support you. Um, so, so that's kind of the way the name came about, and I just, I, I just like the little worldly accent, just to incorporate sort of the global inspiration of worldly flavors that we're about. So it's Turbali. That's wonderful. I love it. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. You know, and you touched on this a little bit, but I would love to talk about what, how Chibali burger patties are different from other, let's say, frozen. And, and let's walk people through what the concept of the product is to begin with, in case this is someone's first introduction. Do you mind telling them exactly what these uh, patties are, what they would find if they went to the store and picked them up? Right. So, so like I said, when I was a vegetarian, I would go to the freezer section for that quick, convenient, effortless cooked source of protein. And there were so many options. So when I jumped over to the other side um, and now I'm, you know, eating meat, I'd go to the freezer section again, just to stock my freezer. I mean, I love to cook. I've got three little kids and I pull out that Instapod and the slow cooker and, and meal prep. And, you know, there's all sorts of recipes from my ancestral grandparents that are just family traditions. So I love to cook, but there are those times that I have to assemble and I have to assemble fast because we've come home from a soccer game and all three are looking at me, what's for dinner? And I didn't, I didn't get it together today. So on those days, you know, I love having something in the freezer. So when I went to the freezer section of all these markets, now that I'm a meat eater, there were no options. There were either um, and being that I, you know, I grew up within the burger business, I sort of like that patty, that patty thing of knowing that it's four ounces. Um, you can use it in so many different ways. I mean, not just a burger and in between a bun with lettuce, tomato, pickles, and onions, which we sort of grew up knowing, but I use it sort of in the bunless burger way. And you'll see that on my package. Um, you know, I've paired them with cauliflower rice or zucchini noodles or chop them up and throw them in a salad. I mean, there's so many applications that we use here. Um, at Tribali, but there were no options. So what I was looking at was either the plain burger patties um, that have, you know, salt, pepper, and rosemary extract. And sometimes those can either look or taste like a hockey puck. Sometimes there's just not much there. So, or the ones that do have some sort of flavor profile, but then when you turn the ingredient list around, you see all sorts of inflammatory, um, inflammatory things that I just would, wouldn't want to ingest or feed my family. So that's 
pretty much how the inspiration came about of how to flavor some ground meat in a way that's um, flavorful, passes the kid test, you know, all three of them like the flavors, and is that easy and convenient um, way just to meal prep. Um, so we have three. We've come out with Mediterranean beef, which has um, notes of, you know, the Mediterranean with lemon peel, a little olive oil, rosemary, mint, garlic, fire roasted onions, tomato paste. Um, so all things that I grew up knowing in our diet. Um, we have the umami because, well, because I love mushrooms and I'm hoping more people do too. They're <laughs> great. That, you know, fifth dimension, that umami flavor. So that one has a little red boat fish sauce. Uh, nori seaweed, um, some garlic and onion as well, and um, the shiitake mushrooms. And then we have the chipotle chicken that's got a little bit of chipotle spice and poblano salsa, roasted red bell pepper puree. And the interesting thing about these and how they differ a little bit from what else is out there is that it was important to me that once I grind the meats and it, put the inclusions in that you're able to see them. I, I wanted sort of that real homemade feeling because, you know, I'm sure you have too and everybody else out there has gone and bought, bought ground meat at the market, brought it home and chopped their various vegetables, herbs, spices, or purees to make little patties at home. So, and when you make them, you can see everything in there. You can see the inclusions. Um, and so I wanted that, that very homemade like feel to it. So uh, that's pretty much how we came about, about those three flavors and, and what they're about. I love it. That's great. Um, and then in a package, a box of burgers, I know that it comes with four patties and they're individually vacuum packed and they are raw. So you would cook them just to clarify in case folks are thinking they could take these to work and pop them in the microwave. No, no, you cook them from frozen. And that's, that's sort of another reason I did them that way because they are meeting my need. And like I said, I got to believe more people out there have the same needs that I do of something that's in your freezer that you don't have to think about to defrost. How many times have you come home and thought, oh, shoot, I should have pulled that out this morning to cook it later tonight. These you just grab, you open, and you throw on a hot cast iron skillet or a grill pan or a broiler pan. I mean, whatever cooking method. Um, I have all three on the back of the box, but I prefer, you know, a cast iron um, skillet on the on the fire five minutes per side or six minutes per side and because they are grass-fed and finished there's a little bit of a um, trial and error or just sensitivity to the way you cook grass-fed um, beef it, it has a different profile nutrition profile than regular feedlots conventional beef so it's good not to overheat and overcook it and and have the flame too too hot um, it also releases a lot more moisture so um, you just have to know a little bit of how to cook grass-fed um, beef. It's just a little bit different, but the taste is just phenomenal. And like I said, the nutrition profile is so much um, better and higher quality. Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to cooking it, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I have them in my freezer and we've enjoyed several meals from them. Um, it, but there really isn't, I mean, I, we've been eating this way for a while, but I really don't feel like there's much of an adjustment. I don't want folks to get scared off or to be scared away from using them. They're, they're just fabulous patties, so easy to make. And we're going to chat a little bit about our favorite ways to prepare them in a second, but they, they really do, they come together really easily. You don't have to defrost them. And I love that concept because a question I get a lot from a lot of readers and a lot of listeners is, 
I really want to, I want to cook, people want to cook for their freezer, right? They want to make sure that they're stocked up so that they have something on hand. Let's say they go on vacation and they come home, they haven't made it to the grocery store. Like you're saying, you come back from soccer practice and everyone's hungry and we don't have something ready to go. You can just reach into the freezer and grab something. But a huge question mark for a lot of people is how do I cook something from the freezer? Don't I need to have defrosted this in advance or planned ahead? And the beauty of these burgers is they really can go from the freezer to the skillet. And it is, it's, it's just so, it's life-changing. It's really, really fabulous. So I love that. Um, you mentioned, you've mentioned now several times about grass-fed and sourcing, how important that was for you. Can you talk a little bit about where you do source your proteins from, the beef and the chicken? I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focus team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of the Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions of the highest quality salmon are delivered to your door, skin on and already deboned. It is hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon by visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. Sure. Um, so the, the beef is sourced, we're all local here in California. So it's sourced in Humboldt Valley, which is in Northern California. And these are ranchers that do follow the standards that were important to us. So there is a distinction, Cassie, and most of the listeners probably know it, but for those who don't, there's a distinction between being just grass-fed on a label or being 100% grass-fed and finished. And there's there aren't standards out there yet to exactly how you can put that label on your box. So all cows realistically started their life on grass. Um, it's how they ended their life that matters. So when you see on a label grass-fed, it doesn't mean anything, quite frankly. Um, because like I said, they all start on grass. So you can put that in a label. The distinction is if it says grass-fed and grass-finished, which means they were born on grass, they lived on grass, and they ended their life on grass. So I physically went and visited these farms up in Humboldt Valley, wanted to make sure that their standards and what they were claiming and how they humanely raised their animals were indeed um, the, the exact way that I wanted to source a product. And there is no confinement ever for these cows. I mean, and I was so proud of that, you know, seeing them out on the pastures, we even took pictures and it was just so beautiful to be out there with these animals. And, you know, you want to respect the animal. And that's why I kind of put it on my package as well, because now that I am a meat eater, I still, I still want to respect their lives and the way they were raised and the way they ended their lives as humanely as possible. So that's, that's the beef. Um, the chicken is um, also sourced here in California and meets the same criteria. And we're also, you know, if I look at my line extension, we're looking at pork, which would be pastured pork. Um, in the seafood category, we're looking at some um, seafood patties, like I have Southwest salmon in the work. 
Um, I have some lamb, Moroccan lamb patty that's coming down the pipeline. This will be wild caught. The lamb will be pastured. So I just want the highest quality of animal protein that I can, I can source. I love it. That's wonderful. I mean, it really gives me peace of mind. It's not only easy and comes from the freezer, but I really do trust. I know how much you have worked at vetting those vendors and those, and and it's important. A lot of listeners here are nodding along with us because they understand the importance of sourcing really high quality food, especially when it comes to protein. It's something I've talked about multiple times on this show, but if we're looking at where we're going to budget our dollars, on our grocery bill, right? It, it, via either the produce aisle or, or proteins or fats. I would prefer somebody prioritize higher quality protein than necessarily produce because nutritionally you can get so much more bang for your buck, uh, so to speak, if you are sourcing really high quality grass-fed, pastured animals, wild-caught, sustainable, it can have such a much bigger impact not only on our own personal health story, but of course um, the environment at large. And so I think that's wonderful. This is, you're making it really easy for people. Okay, so what are, you've mentioned a couple ways, but what are your favorite ways to prepare these burgers? Oh, okay. So like I said, on the package, I have given a few options that show the bunless burger for those who do like a more ancestral or paleo way of eating. Um, I also want to mention that they are Whole30 approved. And that's because, you know, like I mentioned, the back ingredient list are just um, free of irritants. And so we qualified for the Whole30 program. We're also non-GMO project verified, and they're naturally gluten, soy, and dairy free. Um, so I've paired them. Um, And on our website, too, under recipes, you'll see I've come up with various different recipes of how one would use this, you know, four-ounce piece of protein. So you can center it on your plate. And, Cassie, when I, you know, when I was doing a little bit more consulting and nutritional advice for clients, I would really just try to simplify things. Because what I was hearing out from so many people is, yes, I want to eat cleaner. I understand the health benefits of high-quality I just don't have time or I don't know how to cook. And so those two problems, I thought, okay, I have to simplify things for people to make it so that they can eat healthfully and mindfully and deliciously. So I had a very simple formula. I said, let's just take that plate and do a P plus P plus HF, which stands for protein plus produce plus healthy fats. I mean, if you can center your plate around those three things and come up with a varied amount of combinations, you're bound to stick to, to healthy eating. So that's pretty much what you'll see on my recipes too, is, is the protein, the produce, any sorts of vegetables. And, you know, people don't have that much difficulty or barriers to entry to preparing vegetables. I mean, you could chop a salad or you can saute some veggies or you could roast them. Um, it's the protein that sometimes gives them a little um, challenge or, um, you know, barrier. So the easier you can make that of just cooking a quick source of protein and drizzling on a little healthy fat or, um, you know, adding a little avocado or some olives or some way just to make that a complete and balanced meal um, is, is just paramount for people that do struggle sometimes with how do I prepare a quick and easy meal. So um, that's, like I said, I mean, you can also put them in between a, um, 
two mushroom caps and do a burger or there's so many wonderful um, paleo friendly buns and breads out there. So you can definitely do it the classic all American way and have a burger or um, like I said, do it as your nice source of protein to accompany any produce and healthy fats. I love it. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, we, we, I've shared a recipe recently featuring your Chipotle chicken burgers on my website. Um, we did a Chipotle chicken burger bowl and made that with some purple sweet potato fries. But that's, I think that's one of my favorite ways to enjoy them is on a bed of lettuce, you know, and really just kind of a deconstructed uh, lettuce-wrapped burger, so to speak. And then we've also, uh, one of our other favorite ways is to just like you said, I mean, when it's just, you got to get dinner on the table, I'll, I'll pop some Brussels sprouts or something in the oven to crisp up and cook those patties on the stove and boom, dinner's done. <laughs> I'll tell you, one of my, my, one of my daughter's favorite way is, the, um, is doing little uh, chicken, uh, tacos. So we'll take the siete tortilla. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, we'll grill the patty. We'll chop it up in long strips. Um, and she'll prepare a nice little, for, uh, nice little taco tortilla. Sounds awesome. That sounds yummy with maybe some lime and avocado or it's, I'm in. That sounds I, like lunch. Combinations <laughs> are endless. I love it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, deviating a little bit, I really admire, Angela, you and I have talked a bunch offline how much I admire what you're up to with your business, but um, I really do admire you as a businesswoman, and I think that you're, you're serving a wonderful need, and you're serving it really well. And I would love to know, there's a lot of folks listening who do own their own businesses, or they, they've always had that idea. You know, they've always had something in the back of their mind that they thought would be neat. Um, some sort, there's a need of, in the market and they know how to fill it. What kind of advice would you give to somebody like that who is maybe an aspiring entrepreneur or somebody who already has a, a product or a concept or a service that they want to bring in to the food business? What, what words of wisdom would you want to pass on to somebody maybe who was in your shoes about two years ago? Right. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. Okay. Um, that is an excellent question. And I have to tell you, Cassie, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not going to paint the prettiest picture. This, this is all new to me. And it's a journey of learning and pivoting. But I'll tell you what I've seen, those brands and those people and manufacturers and entrepreneurs that have succeeded are the ones that can go through the barriers and make it to the other side. So I think the three things that anyone has to have whenever they go into an endeavor like this is persistence, perseverance, and passion. So, um, you know, the persistence is just keep making those phone calls to get your product in front of the right people. Sometimes, you know, I've had other people ask me, you know, how did you get into Whole Foods? And literally, I walked up to the counter where I would buy the ground meat from when I would, you know, start eating. And I said, guys, I have something that I've produced. And, you know, they knew me from my dad's restaurant, too. You know, like, oh, they're the hamburger people. They've been doing hamburgers for 40 years. So there was some context there and some background. But, you know, just don't, if you have it and you believe in it, don't be afraid to just take it to the person and say, who do I present this to? I have something that I, that I think might be good. I mean, I want to bring it to the world. So... You know, and then, and then just persevere. I mean, there's so many times that I just don't take no for an answer. I mean, a no is like, maybe not right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear. So I say, okay, great. I'll circle back with you in about a month or two. Um, so, you know, just keep at it. Um, the other thing is that, um, you know, with, with like anything you do, you have to have passion and conviction. And sometimes people don't always buy the the product, they buy the why. They, they see you and they, they resonate with why you're doing this, why you're putting that out there. Why did you come up with it? Um, why does the world need another burger patty? You know, and if you have that passion and you can convey that to people in an authentic and real way, then, then that really resonates well. And people do see that. And I feel like people buy from people they like. And like I said, sometimes it's not even about the product. It's about the mission or the passion or the goal or the, the values the company stands for. I mean, you do have to have a tasty product at the end of the day because you want to repeat customers, but it is about having that passion of believing um, in what you're doing. And, and I've said this before too. I mean, it is a product I'm putting out on the shelves, but it's more about a mission of, showing people that I think it's time we return back to eating real wholesome foods from well-raised, humanely raised, sustainable animals and well-tended plants. We don't have to rely on factory derived or highly inflammatory processed foods anymore. And I, you know, I want to educate people that there's a connection between diet and disease. I mean, it does start with food. So if we can make a connection to ancestral eating and get back to real foods, um, it really does make a difference in the way you feel, the way you perform, the way, um, you know, the way inflammation reacts in your body, anything from joint pain to um, trouble. And, and that's why I have a lot of my clients too start with the whole 30. Like, let's try and eliminate a few things to see how you feel. And I think everyone needs to start on that journey um, of, of seeing how food affects them. So once you, once you conquer that and realize what foods work well within your body, um, I got away from the topic, didn't I, Cassie? It's okay. It's a good tangent. <laughs> I love it. But what you do, you make that connection. It, um, then you have a story to tell, you know, and I personally made that connection for myself. And, and that's why, you know, this product has come out is because I've made that connection of how something can really have a profound impact and how eliminating certain things can really uh, clean up the way you feel. I love it. And you know, just to circle back on what you said initially with your advice for the entrepreneurs, I think to sum it up, uh, people do business with people. And I think it's important to always remember that. It's important to rem remember that you are communicating and serving and working with other human beings. They're real people. And we do business with each other. We don't do business with these anonymous groups necessarily. We do, we want to do business. We want to be drawn in, like you said, to your point by a story, be connected with somebody, be connected with a mission. And then at the end of the day, it's a bonus, of course, that that it aligns with our health goals and aligns with our personal pursuits to live a healthy, happy life, right? And Absolutely. it aligns with how we want to serve our families and put good food on the table that's maybe a little, maybe reduces some of the stress load of what it requires to put a healthy meal on the table. So I think it's just, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing to get across. There's no easy path to success 
And at the end of the day, showing up at the meat counter at Whole Foods, and that's such a classic example of people doing business with people, right? Now, of course, I'm sure that there were a thousand steps after that, um, but that, that spirit and that drive that takes you to just go look somebody in the eyes is what really matters. Okay, to round off today's conversation, I would love it if you could just tell everybody really quickly, where can they find these amazing burger patties because they've been Googling or they're driving and they can't figure it out yet and they just want you to tell them. I love it, sure. So we are right now distributed to Whole Foods SOPAC region. For those who don't know, those are four states, Southern California, Arizona, Nevada and Hawaii. We're also here in California at uh, Lassen's and Irwan and a couple other independent grocers up and down the California coast. But for those of you who aren't in these four states, um, we have built out our direct-to-consumer website, e-commerce on our website. So you could go to our website at www.tribalifoods, and that's with an S, com and purchased on our website. Um, I will say that, you know, shipping anything dry ice across the US is costly. So it benefits the user to purchase in bulk. I mean, it's hard to just send like one pack of patties. Um, so you're gonna have to have a freezer and have a little empty space there to fill us in with. Um, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it to have them on hands for those days, like we said. And then there's also a couple of gro online grocers, um, The Simple Grocer and HealthyGoodness.com, which both have our patties in, um, in their cooler um, offerings. So you would, you know, buy a cooler and fill it up with 10 items. You could pick Trivali patties, um, you know, and other, and other things to fill that cooler. And then we're also building out our Amazon uh, storefront, and that should be launching here in just a couple of weeks. I saw it yesterday, and it's looking quite good. So that's that. We are, um, we are looking to expand. So we're just starting to roll out, but like anything, and this goes back to the business advice, you really need to um, crawl before you walk and walk before you run. So, you know, we're just being a little more methodical in a progressive rollout and trying to penetrate the California market and the natural grocers here. Um, and as much as I'm, you know, courted by national uh, retailers to roll out my product nationwide and get it everywhere, um, I just want to make sure that we do that in a more systematic and methodical way. I love it. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on to today's show. As always, you guys will be able to find all the links, for example, to tribalifoods.com, T-R-I-B-A-L-I-F-O-O-D-S.com. So I'll link up to that. Um, as well as, you know, the direct link to the shop where you can go ahead and order yourself some frozen burgers straight to your door and put them in that freezer. Go ahead and cut out some space. I'm sure you can find some old stuff in there that uh, is past due. But thank you so much, Angela, for coming on to today's show today. It was a wonderful call, and I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Angela. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. As always, we'll be back again next week. 